and welcome to The Watcher's Diaries, a weekly podcast all about Buffy. I'm Mary. And I'm Froggy. And this week we're talking about the season three tie-in novel, Sins of the Father. So much fun. Yes. And I don't have any announcements, so that's good because as I was just telling Froggy, my notes on this are way longer than I thought they were. So we have so much to talk about. I and, and here I was just telling Mr. Frog that like, oh, no, it's a book. It's 300 pages long. It shouldn't be that bad. And he's like, no, you know, Mary, it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. It's going to be fun, but it's going to be bad. Yeah. So let's just hop right into it. Sins of the Father, it was published, obviously, in 1999. I couldn't get an exact date, but that's fine. Here's fine. Our synopsis, which, as always, taken from the back of the book. One night while on patrol, the Slayer and her friends are outnumbered and receive aid from a totally unexpected source, Buffy's Old Flame Pike. He and Buffy had a complex relationship back in Los Angeles when the Chosen One was first called. Now, Pike has arrived in Sunnydale on the run from a stone demon with a grudge. Faced with this blast from the past, Buffy finds herself caught between her history with Pike and her future with Angel. But there's little time to contemplate this situation as vamp activity rises and Giles, in particular, becomes the target of mysterious, brutal attacks. Buffy suspects a deeper connection between old friends and new enemies. With the help of her friends, Buffy unmasks the evil entities and discovers that even a watcher can be watched. Bum, bum, bum. Yes, and we were delighted to learn that there are actually international titles to this yes. book. Yeah, we we were we were looking up things and there wasn't much on it because it's a tie-in novel from the 1990s, but we do have two. One is French, which is The Father's Faults, and German, I like the German one better, Sins of the Past. I do like Sins of the Past. Yeah, I like Sins of the Past just Sins of the Father doesn't really work as well once we get the twist and everything, but I like Sins of the Past because it Sins of the Past encompasses everything that's going on. Yeah, absolutely everything. I actually really... What did my computer just do? Don't do that. Go back here where I tell you to go. Anyway... I actually really love how this novel begins mm-hmm. uh, with the setup of something lurking just outside the door to the summer's home, which surprise turns out to be Joyce's date and the callback to Ted with Buffy asking Willow if she remembers what happened last time. So good. I love, yeah, the way that the way that the prologue is set up with Buffy, like you think there's some big evil outside the door, but no, it is just Joyce's date. The suitor is named Alan, and from what very little Buffy and the others see of him, he seems nice. That doesn't stop Buffy from worrying, though, talking to Willow and Xander about it as they're out on patrol, expressing her concerns about her mother being hurt, but also her mother being happy. Because what happens if her mom does find someone? Get married. Does that put her back in the closet, so to speak? And suddenly there's a new stepdad to worry about. Xander and Willow do their best to comfort her, and it it doesn't go too well. Somehow it all leads to Xander calling Joyce a babe and Willow saying that for an older gentleman, Alan was kind of a looker. And in the end, they decide Buffy just needs to kill something. 
Buffy needs to kill something, and then Xander needs snacks. Yeah, but but Xander's right. Joyce is a babe. Joyce is a babe. So it's probably a good thing in that sense that they soon hear a scream while wandering the park. In every other sense, it's bad thing. A bad, bad thing. Especially since, as of late, the attacks have been particularly brutal. The girl they found the other night looking like she had been feasted on by an entire litter of angry puppies. <laughs> I love the use of the angry puppy because we will get the angry puppy again in season four. Yep. So I just, I love it. Yeah. And also, also like calling back to Willow calling Angel in the Wishverse a puppy and all of that. Yeah, I like the, the and the imagery too. Sprinting off in the direction of said scream, the trio finds four vampires and a corpse. Some guy in his 20s. Looks like they killed him and are now going for the girlfriend who is still on the park bench where they had been sitting. And since this is Sunnydale, probably making out, even though this is not bad decision corner. No. Buffy makes easy work of the first vamp, but as the others start to descend, Willow and Xander come in as backup. All while Buffy takes on the one with virtual scarring on his face. It's a rough fight. He's got her down on the ground, but help comes in the form of a mysterious figure that Buffy at first assumes to be Angel. It's only when the vampires are dusted and gone and they throw their stake down in disgust that Buffy realizes that A, not Angel, and B, not actually a mysterious stranger. <laughs> It is, in fact, Pike. Woohoo! Pike, who tells her that this, this is why it would have never worked between them. Doesn't she ever do anything else? That's a great introduction. It's a perfect introduction. Willow and Xander are instantly curious because, of course, they've heard about Pike. L.A. Pike used to be with the Smoochies Pike, though Buffy would really prefer they not refer to him by the second one. <laughs> it's clear he and Buffy are beyond glad to see one another, Buffy continually mentioning how good he looks with the patchwork blonde hair and the scar, which uh, puts him very similar in appearance to Spike, <laughs> who also has a scar over his eye. Of course you would draw that line. That's like the first thing I thought when she was yeah. like, he's blonde with the scar over his eye. I'm like, but that's also Spike. But okay, I mean, Buffy's got a type. It's cool. Buffy's also really excited to be able to introduce him to Xander and Willow. So what is he doing in Sunnydale? For that, Pike needs caffeine. And so they head to the espresso pump, which we learn is a better place for sitting and talking than the bronze. Funny, because they seem to have a lot of meaningful conversations in the bronze. Well, you know what? I think the bronze would just be a little overwhelming for Pike. That's true. At the He's, beginning. That's true. So, yeah. And we also learned that Hammersmith Park, where they started out, is a half a mile from the espresso pump. Froggy's going to start drawing her map. I am <laughs> right now. Like, I am Charlie from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia with <laughs> my, little my little lines and my my it's going to be a map, though. So it's it's I'm I'm working on that. As they walk, Xander asks Pike all sorts of questions, wanting to know more about him and his rogue demon hunter slash homeless drifter status. <laughs> Willow tries to tell him he's being rude, but Pike's okay with it. He actually did do the homeless drifter thing for a while after Buffy was expelled and they parted ways. Having learned what lurks in the dark, he dropped out of school. Math, history, none of that really seemed to matter, not after seeing what he saw. But then they know that, right? They see it every day. Because while Pike retired, or tried to, <laughs> Buffy never got the chance. Nowadays, Pike says he's living near Pacific Beach, got a new surfboard, a VW Bug, he drives us a taxi, his GED, he's kind of living the SoCal Beach dream. It makes Xander want to sing Beach Boy tunes, 
if he could remember the words. There's also a part somewhere in there where Xander apparently does a bad Pacino impression, oh, which yeah. I think is all kinds of Yeah, and, and Willow is just like, basically, we talked about this. <laughs> uh, but yes, I believe we said it way back in season one, and we'll say it here too. This does confirm that Pike and Buffy's time at Henry overlapped. Mm-hmm. Whether they were the same age or a year or so apart, I'm going to guess a year or so apart because Pike did have his bike mm-hmm. when Buffy was at Henry and she wouldn't have been a legal driving age. So he had to have been at least a year older than her. Yeah. And we've um, also established in the series that Buffy was only just learning to drive and she's very bad at it. Yeah. So they they are very close to the same age. Even now, he says he can't read the paper without thinking there's something more to the deaths he sees. So then he's like, Batman, not hardly. (laughs) He's not even Robin. Because most of the time when he sees those deaths, he grabs his surfboard and tries to forget. Yeah, but Willow knows from personal experience, that doesn't work. Not always. Sometimes you can't forget. You have to do something. And she's right. Pikes as a buddy of his got killed in the gas lamp district. So he hunted the thing that did it. And a while back, some guy named Gorch busted up one of his favorite haunts. (laughs) I love, I love it. I, when he said some guy named Gorch and his girlfriend, like, that was so exciting. I, and I just love, they're like, Lyle Gorch, we know him. We know him. (laughs) He's a friend from work. (laughs) He's a, yeah, he's a friend from work. And we know him too. And I love I love that he's just out there living his best vampire life. Yes. You go, buddy. Yes. No, it, it, that was that was another great callback to and and this book this book does have a lot of great mentions of things that happened previously in the series because we've been trying to figure out the whole time we were reading this, like where exactly it takes place. And I'm as I finished it, I'm pretty sure it's an alternative reality version yeah because some of it some of it just didn't seem like it was gonna fit properly but because it was it might have been written like he might have had an outline and things that happened so like i don't really think that it fits perfectly into season three but all of this i do i mean we'll talk about we'll talk about it when it becomes obvious where it's supposed to go yeah like all of the but i did like all of the stuff that it it calls back like we're gonna get later on like a location that we had back in season one and it's just gonna yeah there's a lot of good references like so you you know it takes place and things have happened pike doesn't really care though this isn't his world and he hates it so again Why did he come? Buffy's getting kind of annoyed with his attitude towards her calling. He's in trouble and he needs her help. Yeah, well, he has a lot of nerve coming here. She may be glad to see him, but it doesn't change that he left. That he left without ever saying goodbye. At one of the most confusing times in her life, Pike says she was already on her way out of LA. Her mom had made the decision to move. And she knew he was looking to leave LA long before what happened happened. Besides, after all that went down and and Merrick, he thought she was getting out. They actually mentioned Merrick Merrick and his death. I just, good job, book. Yes, yes. Yeah, we were were very excited that we got justice for Merrick and remembering. Well, you know, and, and it's not surprising because if Pike's coming in, you know, they have to mention what happened in in this in the movie but yeah so glad we finally got merrick he tells her he's sorry that her plans for retirement didn't work out that she can't just live her life at the beach like he does but she's the chosen one not him 
Yeah, the demons would love that. He'd be too busy waxing his board to stake them. That's unfair. And Buffy realizes it, especially as he came to her for help. She should at least hear him out. And he was there for her at a time when she really needed him. Will it score him more points if he says he missed her? It might. Good, because he did. And it's evident she missed him too. She asks how he's doing, really doing, and if he still dreams about Benny. Benny! Not just Merrick, but Benny! Benny! We're only in chapter one, and this book is already giving us, like, everything. Yeah. Like, we don't need anything else after this. They gave us Merrick, and they gave us Benny. Like, thank you. Thank you so much, Christopher Golden. Pike says sometimes, but not so much anymore. Good. So now that that's out of the way and they provided Willow and Xander with some evening entertainment, what does he want her to kill? And so Pike tells his story. How he was hanging out with some guy named Bone up at the beach, a magic user in his 30s. How after Bone didn't show up for a few days, he went to check on him and found him out of his mind. Just ranting, raving, looking like he had been on a drinking bender. Pike asked if he was sick and he said, yeah, sick. That's what he was, sick and needing rest. And so wanting to believe him, Pike left. But he never reappeared on the beach. And so a few days later, Pike went back, found the house an even bigger disaster and heard Bone screaming. Found him upstairs, pentagrams abound. The screaming stopped, though, as Bone was turned into stone by a demon. A stone demon who had come through the portal and was looking to bring his buddies along. Thankfully, Pike had the good sense to find some water and throw it on the pentagram, stopping Demon 2 from coming through and pissing Demon 1 off, which is why he's here. He's been on the run ever since. Willow commends him, says it was good thinking destroying the symbols. How did he know to do that? He didn't. He just reacted. How did she know? She's a witch. Well, minor spellcaster. But Xander says they expect her to be called up to the majors at any time. (laughs) Between this and the banter earlier, Pike wants to know if Xander and Willow are always like this. (laughs) Him? Always. Mm -hmm. Her? Sometimes. Willow thinks he'll meld better with Oz. They both have that chill energy. Anyway... Pike knew Buffy was the only person who would know what he was dealing with. She says she doesn't exactly know, but they know someone who will. Giles. And so off to the library they go, where they find not Giles, but Angel. Giles, it seemed, had something very important come up. So important that he called Angel to fill in as Oz-sitter. Wait, Oz. The guy (laughs) they said Pike would meld so well with is a (laughs) werewolf? (laughs) Buffy assures him he's a whole different person after his morning coffee. Poor Pike. Pike is getting so much thrown at it. Like he he came to town. He's got this problem. So this is a pretty big problem that he has. And he came to look for Buffy. And not only did he find Buffy, but he found this whole other wacky cast of characters, too. And he just was not expecting it. He's getting a crash course. (laughs) He is. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. That's exactly what it is. Angel. He's a bit jealous over Pike as he tries to figure out whether or not Buffy might still have feelings for him. He takes a moment to welcome him to the (laughs) Hellmouth. Taking a small break from the library, we return to the park where the stone demon, Greyhoon, has arrived. It seems he can also communicate with Stone as he confirms via the stone archway that serves as an entrance to the park that Pike is indeed in Sunnydale and that he met up with some friends. Friends Greyhoon promises to kill first so that Pike is forced to watch. With all the trouble that's been happening at the park, two police officers stop by to investigate. Unfortunately for them, they run into Greyhoon, deciding he's suspicious. It doesn't end well for them, Greyhoon driving off, and the park acquiring two new law enforcement-themed statues. (laughs) 
Back at the school, Angel and Buffy chat, and we learn some pretty interesting things. As Angel is trying to find out more about Buffy's past with Pike and whether or not he still means something to her past old friend. Uh, The first thing we learn is that the creator's original vision for the movie, the one that got made into the origin comic, still holds true. Mm Mm-hmm. As Buffy does mention Lothos and Merrick shooting himself. She also mentions again her and Pike going to Vegas, which is how the origin comic ended. The second thing we learned, and I need to go back into the Dark Horse comics and see if this does happen during the Viva Las Buffy arc. But Buffy says that when they were in Vegas, a demon took control of Pike, possibly through mind control, and that she had to hurt him. That's how he got the scar over his eyes. I need to hunt down that arc for a lot of reasons as it's meant to fill in the gap between the origin and Welcome to the Hellmouth. So you also get a bit of what Giles and the Watcher's Council was up to at that time. And because it was written later, you have Dawn inserted as Buffy would now remember her being there. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of interesting things going yeah. on with issues. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to go back to those. And the last thing we learn is Joyce owns the art gallery. Oh, Mary and I were losing our minds over this. So yes, so we have confirmation that the art gallery belongs to Joyce. Yes, because apparently she's always wanted to own her own art gallery, which who wants to own their own art gallery? Somebody who is in black market art dealing. Exactly. Like this is it. It's all making perfect sense now. It works out perfectly. And it also explains of why she's just bringing random shit home. Yeah, because there's no one to answer to. It's or why she's or why she's getting deliveries at her house and opening it up at her house. So, yeah, it does. It does make a lot more sense why things happen the way they do. But it also reaffirms our belief that it's not all legit because she owns an art gallery. Like, where is her money coming from? I do not know. I do not know. She got a great divorce settlement. Because they're, they're still a matter of the fact that they have this great California house. Okay, but okay. So think about this for a second. Because like where they lived in LA and the people Buffy ran with, Hank has a really good job. Yeah. So between child support and if he has to play spousal alimony yeah, to that's, keep voice in the lifestyle they had in L.A. Yeah, that's the a, only thing. In a smaller town like Sunnydale, that money's going to go a yeah, lot farther. Yeah, like that definitely, that definitely makes sense. And also, but it's just still funny to consider that all of it's coming from her black market. Oh, it's totally coming from her black market. Our healing. But yeah, so yes, we we figured out Because you never, it's always so funny too, because you never hear about any other employees. Like she probably has people there who help out, but she never talked about her boss. She never talked about the mat, like anything else at the art gallery. And then that brings in like a very interesting thing for later on. And we can talk about it more when we get to like season five, but Mm -hmm. Does Buffy have to sell the gallery? Like, yeah. what happens to the gallery later if Joyce actually owns it? I assume Buffy would sell it. Yeah. Because we don't see her taking it over. No, no. So it's just, it, a lot of interesting things going on with the fact that Joyce owns this gallery. But we do, but we do, in fact, get confirmation that Joyce owns the gallery. Because she always wanted to own an art gallery. <laughs> but when it comes to Pike... It's complicated. And she doesn't think she loves him in the same way she loves Angel. Angel's not so sure, however, and wants to give her some space, some time to figure it out. 
So he's going to disappear for a bit, and he'll check in later. With a kiss, he leaves Buffy to rejoin the others. Not that they're doing anything super exciting. No. (laughs) Mike and Xander are continuing to get to know one another, and Willow is reading White Fang to Oz. Which, again, I love that they keep with the idea that she reads to him. I just, I love everything this book is referencing and calling back. When Buffy returns, the conversation quickly turns to Giles and how he's been a bit flaky as of late. The the terms they use are Watson-like and Hugh Grant-like. Both are perfection, Mm -hmm. especially as they say Giles has gone from Holmes to Watson. Xander thinks it has to do with the new teacher, Miss Blasdell. He says if he was dating her, he'd be flaky too. Buffy insists that Giles is not dating Miss Blasdell. They're just colleagues. And Giles... He isn't over Jenny yet. I know Jenny's gone. She's been gone for a while, but I was definitely hurt on her behalf that Giles was supposedly already moving on. I know, I know. And but the other thing, the other thing that I like is again, you know, acknowledgement of Jenny and you know, he'll he'll acknowledge again later, like when he's at his at his house about, you know, about what happened, what happened to Jenny. So yeah. But you know, we find out that there's hinky things going on, so we can't blame Giles. Yeah, because those flowers he sent, totally work flowers. And the kiss earlier, definitely platonic. There was kissing? Buffy cannot handle this. Because first her mom, and now Giles. And she doesn't think dating is enough to make Giles just skip out on things, like Oz duty. Xander would like to correct her on that. Because according to him, men do dumbass shit while they're <laughs> Buffy says that would explain Cordelia, which, whew, low blow buff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's fair, though. She says that she and Pike are going to head over to Giles's, see if he's home and what he knows. Well, it says she's going to stay with Oz. We'll sit. And though Xander rises to go along to Giles, Willow puts him pulls Willow pulls him back down. He's going to wolf sit too. He is. He is. He loves wolf sitting. Truly. As Pike and Buffy depart, he remarks on how crazy her life is. <laughs> her friends are a witch, a vampire, a werewolf, and whatever Xander is. Buffy tells him Xander's just a regular guy, which Pike thinks makes him the scariest of all. Just wait until he meets Cordelia. No. Oh. Turns out Pike brought his Harley to Sunnydale and stashed it in Buffy's driveway. Buffy remembers being on the back of that Harley. And she can't hide her joy at being on the back of it again (laughs) as they drive over to Giles's. She says she may just have to get one of those. So an interesting thing is when they do go back to Buffy's, she notices her mom's not home yet and tries to push down her worry at still being out on her date, saying that broken hearts is a gamble they take and realizing she lumped herself in with her mother, says that she is 18. So in trying to pinpoint where in the season three timeline this takes place, it seems like with that line, it's definitely post-helpless. Mm-hmm. At Giles's place, they find a very grumpy Giles. In fact, he's downright rude. Calling Buffy showing up there an intrusion, telling him she didn't think, and insisting that whatever is going on can be discussed in the morning. A moment later, we see why, as Miss Blaisdell, or Karen, as Giles will call her, is over and waiting for him with wine. Buffy and Pike start to leave. Buffy really not liking this whole vibe and thinking there may be something suspicious going on with Miss Blasdell, who is the substitute science teacher. And we all know what happened the last time there was one of those. Exactly. And also, you like, and I, I love this. I love from the first moment, Buffy 
knows that something is wrong because even if Giles was getting the smoochies with somebody, the fact that he is acting like this toward Buffy when he knows that at any time something could be could be wrong is definitely a big red flag. But as they leave, something catches her attention and she makes Pike pull over. But vampires, there are vampires watching Giles's place. How does she know? She sensed them. Kind of. Maybe. And she saw one as they were pulling off. She can sense vampires? Since when? Buffy says she can't. Not really. At least not all the time. But Giles has always told her she could. Or should be able to. With proper practice and honing of skills. Yet another callback. And an explanation as to why this skill brought up in Welcome to the Hellmouth is never seen again. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this book just keeps giving and giving. I know, I know. I, I have to I have to give a lot of praise to Christopher Golden and to the research assistants, whoever helped him gather the information and everything, because this book gives us so much. For a moment, they watched, trying to figure out why they just let Buffy walk away. She's the Slayer, and normally it's not like vampires to ignore that. They must be watching Giles, or his date. Miss Bustell leaves a few minutes later. Buffy feeling a bit better that she is not yet to overnight guest status. (laughs) But that good feeling doesn't last as the vampires begin moving. Pike tries to tell her to relax that without an invitation, they can't get in. And that's true, except they begin breaking windows, trying to get inside. Weapon in hand, Buffy races back towards Giles' place. The vampires are most definitely inside and trying to kidnap Giles. Something that doesn't sit well with Buffy, as every time vampires have wanted to take Giles alive, (laughs) it's ended very poorly. Like, with Giles getting tortured poorly. She and Pike manage to get rid of most of them, though. The blonde from the park escapes them a second time, though we do learn her name is Rachel. And during the fight, especially the outside portions of the fight, Buffy does actually reflect on the fact that none of Giles' neighbors seem faced by the noise. But then again, this is Sunnydale and people are used to looking the other way. Yeah, there was one lady that that looked out the door, but then nobody else. Yeah, and that's this that's something that is reflected on a lot in this book about how empty a lot of things are that even if people don't know what's going on, they're still trying to keep out of it. But then you always have especially stupid teenagers who have no self-preservation instincts. As they're leaving, the vampires scramble into a limo. And something inside the limo, it shakes Giles to the core. Causes him to vomit, actually. Though that could also be the head injury. (laughs) Helping him back inside, Buffy wants to know what is going on. How did they get inside? And what did he see in that limo? But Giles doesn't want to talk about it. Not tonight. And he waves off Buffy's wanting to take him to the hospital as an overreaction. He tells Buffy to go home. That they'll talk in the morning. Fine whatever, but they are most definitely going to talk in the morning. Leaving, she presses herself close to Pike as they take off on his bike once more. And while, yeah, she thinks of Angel, she's also enjoying this. Enjoying Pike, who seems to be Angel, Xander, and Oz all wrapped into one because he's just a guy. He's a guy who fights at her side, who knows who she is, what's out there, and likes her anyway. It makes him dangerous to have around. As they continue winding their way through the streets, Buffy wonders if the attack was really about Giles or getting close to the people around her, which, her mom. She tells Pike to go faster. Back at Giles, the cops arrive, and Giles, his head still very fuzzy, tells them that a street gang broke in. Hooligans! Oh, more hooligans! 
and that they stole a gold watch and some cash. Giles is pretty sure the cops know he's lying, but that they're also grateful for not having to put in all the effort of pretending Sunnydale doesn't sit atop a hellmouth. Yeah, there is there's also bits and pieces of them acknowledging the spin machine yeah. that they have going on in this town. And he does feel a bit bad for pushing Buffy away, but what he saw, it just it wasn't possible. Eventually Joyce and Alan do return from their date, and it's clear Joyce really likes Alan. That she had a good time and can't wait to see him again. Which actually makes her feel a bit guilty because these little moments, that's what being the chosen one robbed her daughter of. But still, she would hope Buffy would be happy for her because guilt or not, she is happy. After some kisses and a promise to call, she heads inside. Where she is immediately shushed by Buffy and herded into the kitchen. It's then Joyce sees the body on their couch. Who's that? Pike? Wait, really? Buffy asks where her mom was and says she and Pike had been looking for her for an hour. She's sorry for worrying her, but promises she saw nothing suspicious. Everything was fine. Buffy explains what happened at Giles, how he was acting weird. And Joyce says, maybe not everything is about Buffy. She heads up to bed and says they'll discuss more about why Pike is on their couch tomorrow. (laughs) I love, I do love how Joyce doesn't have a problem. With Pike being there. Like I expected I expected some sort of like little argument about the whole thing. But you know what? I think it would have been worse if Joyce didn't know about Buffy being the slayer. If he had shown up, you know, at some point in season two when everything was starting to go down. But I love how a lot of Joyce's life is just, yep, this is my life now. Outside, Greyhoon watches. Waits. He's heard from the stones about the Slayer and he does fear her, which for a stone demon is saying something because they don't fear much. But Pike killed his mate and for that he must pay. His thoughts are interrupted when he is greeted by a very dapper vampire. (laughs) One who would like to strike an alliance, something that will be mutually beneficial to them both. With a polite handshake, Greyhoon agrees. I know we're not supposed to like Greyhoon or this mysterious vampire, but I really did love the like the interaction of like, hello, demon. Hello, hello vampire. vampire. Yeah, it, it's I because so much when you get people that when you get characters in this series that, you know, you have one that's going after one person, one that's going after another. There's a very territorial thing that happens a lot of times. Yeah. But I like how these two are just like, you know what? We can work together. The next morning finds Pike still passed out on the couch and Buffy in the kitchen having breakfast. As her mom comes down frenzied, as she typically is on a weekday morning, she asks Buffy's opinion on her outfit. She looks good. Good. Joyce wonders why she ever stopped wearing that outfit. Buffy says that would be the stain and points it out. As she heads up to change, Buffy reflects on her parents, her mom in particular, and her watchers, both of them. That's right. Another Merrick mention. In talking about how she and Giles have come to be close to care for one another, she says that she can never forget Merrick, who sacrificed himself in an effort to save her. <sighs> I need to send Christopher Golden a love letter about I know. this novel. I know. We we need to, we really need to send him some flowers and some chocolates because thank you so much like you know we the series we always wanted more acknowledgement of what came before because we love Giles we love Giles 
so much. And he really did have a big influence on who she became. But Merrick was the one that started it all. Without, and she went through a lot of shit in LA. She went through a lot of shit in a very short amount of time. Shocker. Buffy thinks her problems with authority might stem from the divorce and her dad's invisible man routine. But she is grateful for her mother, who actually was part of the reason she didn't just give up on the Slayer thing. Her mom was a fighter, a trooper, and so she would be too. Returning in her new outfit, Joyce once again asks Buffy his opinion. It's fine. Why is she so pressed over this? She thought she was having lunch with a dealer. She is, but Remy is from Paris and always so fashionable. Ooh, yeah. She doesn't want to show up looking schlubby. (laughs) She needs to hook up with the guy from Paris. Yeah. Forget about Alan. Hook up with Remy. They head out as Joyce is driving Buffy to school, and Joyce asks if Buffy thinks Pike will sleep all day. Probably. He's away from his surfboard, so that has to invoke some kind of hibernation. On the drive, Buffy makes her mom promise to be vigilant, still waked by the attack at Giles. As she almost hits an old lady... Frosty in the road. <laughs> Joyce says she's always vigilant. <laughs> yeah, we see where Buffy gets her driving skills. We see where Buffy gets a lot from. Popping in the library before class, Buffy finds no Giles. Something that would normally be worrying, but given all that happened at his apartment the night before, she decides that she can give him some slack when it comes to the sleeping in. She goes back at lunch and there's a Giles sitting in his office, staring at Nothing? He seems a bit more alert, though, saying he was wondering when she would drop by and wanting to know about patrol. She tells him about the park, about how they got all but one, and then she waits for him to mention his place, but he never does, so she brings it up. How did they get in? Did he let them in? Of course not. Well, with the way he's been acting, she gets it. Dating is scary, weird, and most people don't have their previous girlfriend's corpse left in their bed. But Giles tries to cut her off. End of conversation. And he tells her what he does with Miss Blizzell and his personal life is none of her business. But she doesn't buy that. He's her watcher. They're a team and it's affecting the team. So it very much is her business. When he starts to seem overwhelmed again, baffled by her references, she asked, what's wrong? Nothing. Just a headache. That's to be expected, really. Okay, so what about Pike and his stone demon problem? Giles says the number one thing is to not let the demon touch you. Number two, it can communicate with stone. So they'll most likely find it somewhere containing a lot of stone. And when they do find it, any trick to killing it? Not past the trick of not getting too close to it. Buffy nods, but she's really worried. He doesn't seem okay. He assures her again that he is, and she finally relents heading out. To apparently meet the others in the cafeteria and brainstorm how to figure out what's going on with Giles. Yeah, I love when Buffy is the voice of reason. <laughs> you know, it, it's so it's so great because roles are reversed here. Because usually, you know, you have Giles who's like the strong head, you know, the strong head trying to help Buffy. And now dad is having a problem and Buffy is worried about him. As Cordelia passes by, she suggests they just leave him alone. Let him live his life. He doesn't need them spying on him. Actually, that's exactly what they're going to do. Spy (laughs) on him. Buffy and Oz will keep an eye on Giles. Between them and their non-class going, they should be able to cover most of the day. Xander will find out more about Miss Blydell. And Willow, Willow will look into spells and enchantments. Because Buffy doesn't want to rule out spells. With a plan of attack, they get to work. So given the lack of mention of Faith and Wesley... But the mention of Buffy being 18, this has to be set between helpless 
and the Zeppo. Yeah, I was... Wesley not yet in Sunnydale and Faith still on her random walkabout. Yeah, there were people... I The one thing that I that I wanted to argue with people, because I was reading people's uh, reviews of it on Goodreads and stuff, you know, people kept saying, oh, there's no Faith. There's no Faith. I'm like, Faith isn't in half of season three. Yeah, Faith, Faith is over there. Faith is going to come back and be disappointed that she didn't get to help fight a stone demon. Waking up, Pike wanders about the Summer's house for a bit and then feels weird about it. Yeah, like, like, I like he's like, he gets breakfast, he does his laundry, and then he feels weird. But like, he feels like he's invading some sort of sacred space. It is two women, so. Yeah. So he decides to do a lap around the town and then head to the school to meet Buffy. At least he didn't find any random artifacts from the gallery. This is true. Buffy, who he is very much enjoying being around again, saying how he never met a girl like her before or even after, and how he knew coming to Sunnydale was inevitable. Seeing her was inevitable. He stops at a convenience store and buys himself a Coke, catching a glimpse of the daily paper. Seems two cops disappeared and some weird statues popped up. While the paper may not have linked them, may not know what it means, Pike does. His demon has arrived in Sunnydale. Back in the high school, in his office, Giles thinks again on what he saw in the limo. Who he saw in the limo. Because it's not possible. That person is dead. Giles delivered their eulogy. Karen comes in then, expressing his concern. And when Giles pulls her to him, she slides into his lap, kissing him. As Giles kisses her, everything else seems to disappear. Literally. As he loses 45 minutes with no idea where the time even went. But it doesn't matter. All that matters is Karen and her kiss. Yeah, no, I don't trust this bitch. She's oh, shady. Oh, no. No, no, no. Not at all. Which is why Xander's keeping an eye on her, trailing her as she heads to Snyder's office. And yeah, he can't help fantasizing a little. I really think sending the teenage boy to watch the sexy teacher, the teenage boy who had bad experiences with sexy science substitute teachers in the past maybe this wasn't the best idea maybe they thought he learned from his mistakes they would be incorrect she disappears into snyder's office and he waits buffy and oz on the other hand are conducting research in the library trying to see what they can find out about stone demons giles is no help he knows he has the books but he can't seem to remember where he last saw them the absent-mindedness is seems to be getting worse, which is frustrating Buffy more and more. Eventually, Giles goes into his office, closing the door, and Buffy asks Oz what he makes of it. Sneaking a peek through the office window, Oz says, it seems like Giles is asleep. What? Yeah, he seems to be napping, and that's fine with Oz, because he has an English paper to work on. (laughs) Pike arrives, and Oz and Pike greet each other in the manner you would expect Oz and Pike to do so. Nods and haze. Buffy tells him to take a seat, that she wants to keep researching a bit until Willow returns, that her mom is expecting the two of them for dinner with Alan. Pike thought she hated Alan. Hate is a very strong word. She just seriously distrusts him. And all men. Well, not all. As she and Pike seem to be riding the wave of unresolved sexual tension. Oz tells them to go. He can wait for Willow. Really? Great. Because this way, if they get back to the house before her mom expects, they can sneak out of dinner a little early. Patrol. As they head out, we go to Willow, locked in an empty chemistry classroom and performing a little magic, a spell to find and mark anyone who may be under the influence of an enchantment, along with said enchanter. And it does so by creating a sentient puff of smoke. Willow watches the smoke sneak slowly out of the room, under the door. And so she follows it, 
all the way to the library where it sneaks under Giles's office, or so says Oz. As they wait for Giles to emerge, she takes a seat beside Oz, picking up the research where Buffy left off. When Giles does emerge, there's a black suit mark on his sleeve, proof that some sort of magic had been performed on Giles. But by who? I wonder. Huh. Who has Giles been around that could be magic? Back in the hall, it's been hours. Two hours to be exact, and Miss Blizzdell is still in there with Snyder. Xander has no idea what they could be doing, but he really needs to pee. <laughs> and also some sm- some smoke snaked under the door, and that was weird. <laughs> so he's actually kind of excited when he sees the cheerleaders come in from practice. Because Cordelia might be mad at him, but she's not mad at Giles, right? Actually cares about him? Great. Can she watch the door? Because he really needs to go. <laughs> At the summer's home, Joyce tries to figure out how long Pike is staying. More curious than anything else. Pike says he doesn't know. Right now, he's just trying to survive. And it is very strange talking about this with her. He never thought Buffy would tell her about the Slayer thing. But most likely, when it's all taken care of, he'll be headed back to San Diego. Buffy knows he wasn't going to stay. That him staying would make a lot of things complicated. Like Angel. But then... Buffy also knows that Angel isn't her boyfriend. Not really. He can never be. But then neither can Pike. That's not how their story goes. You know what I would have loved? Since we know Pike is going back to L.A. and Angel goes to L.A. Pike's going to San Diego. Oh, he's going to San Diego. That's right. That's right. They got out of L.A. Never mind then. Don't mind me. Still, (sighs) it would have been fun at some point if Pike and Angel would have met up again. Bullshit on like that not being how Pike and Buffy's story goes. I think everything said about Pike in this novel just kind of reiterates how he was like Buffy's great love. Yeah, yeah. Like the thing it the thing is like you have the angel who is this mysterious figure and Gore like Puck is just a guy. Yeah. And I mean, I I am sitting here saying this as someone who will 99.9% of the time die on the hill of like Spike and Buffy. Mm-hmm. But I just, the way she like talked about him earlier and how he was there for her when no one else was at one of the darkest times in her life and how he's a mix of all these different guys in her life, the good parts of each, not mm-hmm. to say he clearly has his flaws but i don't i think i think they'd be really good together yeah and i think like i think like if he would get over his this isn't my life this isn't like they could be such a great team together yeah get it together pike they finish making the lasagna trying to avoid their unresolved sexual tension and after pike set the table he asks if there's anything else he can do make a salad Pike declares himself the king of salads, and Buffy, she gets kind of rude about Xander for no reason, saying that, well, everyone has ambition, except Xander. Like, what the fuck, Buffy? Buffy? That was a Cordelia line. But speaking of Xander, he's still in the bathroom and Cordy's still in the hall, thinking this whole thing is kind of dumb. She likes Miss Blizzell. She appreciates fashion. And so she decides to just go knock on Snyder's door. Prove there's nothing going on. At first, there's no answer, which is odd because Xander said they were in there. So she opens the door. And yeah, at first it appears there's nothing. Then she hears it, the moan, which, ew, because one, Snyder, and two, if Miss Blizzdell was going to cheat on Giles, why would she do it with Snyder? Because <laughs> Snyder. But the moan, it doesn't sound sexy. It almost sounds like someone in pain. And so Cordelia creeps closer, only to see Snyder on the floor and Miss Blizzdell over him. 
her face covering his, her mouth extended. Cordelia screams and then nothing. She's paralyzed, unable to run. So horrific is the picture in front of her. She thinks this is it. The moment when Buffy and her friends drag her into danger so big, no one can save her. But instead of attacking, Miss Blizzdell changes her features back and moves to Cordelia, caressing her, kissing her forehead and calling her a sweet girl, telling her to close her eyes. It's a command she has no option but to obey. By the time Xander rejoins them, which how long was he gone? I know, seriously. Miss Blizzdell is gone and Cordelia is talking to Snyder, saying that she saw the teacher exit, struck up a conversation, but then that Snyder started asking her about the football team and her doing her part to keep up with morale, which she is 90% sure he met in a gross way. (laughs) There's something off about Cordelia, though. Her usual snark and malice are gone, and when he gets a look at Snyder, there's soot on his neck. Suddenly, he doesn't like his assignment. (sighs) Giles knows he's being controlled. He only knows it when he sleeps... When his subconscious can come forth and tell him such things, but he knows it. However, fixating on it for too long causes the headaches to come back again. On patrol, Buffy tries to tell Pike he needs new clothes, which, rude. (laughs) He thought she moved past that whole fashion snob thing she had going back in LA. She has. She wants him to get new clothes because he needs clothes he can fight in. (laughs) No, he doesn't. He's not planning on fighting. Yeah, well, she's not planning on letting him die. It's a really emotional scene between the two, standing there, both with want and yearning written all over their faces. Pike says it should have been easy. Boy meets girl. Boy throws popcorn at girl. Boy falls in love. The whole boy helps girl fight the denizens of darkness. Not usually what one finds. Buffy tells him he sounds like a coward. A coward? Because he knows the whole demon fighting thing isn't real life? But it is. It's her life. And just because he can't see it or doesn't want to see it doesn't mean it's not there. Pike confesses that the reason he moves around so much is because of her. Because staying in one spot for too long makes him think of her. And yeah, he knows. He knows this is her real life. He does. But has she has she ever thought he doesn't stick around because he can't bear the thought of watching her die? I swear to God. I just... <sighs> just And then Buffy reiterates her feelings from the end of the movie where she says Pike is just a guy and he's a guy who makes her feel like just a girl. And yeah, she said earlier she knows he can't stay. But maybe for now they can pretend. And as he opens his arms, she goes to them and I petition to keep Pike. (laughs) I know, seriously, because and like the one thing, the one thing that like as much as I love this book I hated the back and forth, like thinking about Angel and thinking about Pike, because Pike, like I said, if Pike could get over his shit about this isn't the real world, like, yes, it is. If he could get over all of that, he would be so good for Buffy because he's grounded. And even like if he's being forced to exist in this weird world that he like she never wanted to be a part of this world no this is something that was forced onto her and maybe like if he could stay around for a while and really see the team and how they work together and how these normal people fit in with her he would be able to see that he does have a place in this world yeah Okay, that's it. Nothing. He doesn't leave. This book is the end of it. Yes, he stays. They have a very healthy relationship. It's fine. Yes, they have small little children that <gasps> that they raise that 
Yes, they have their own little children. This is something we'll discuss later. Ah, but <laughs> That's it. The end. He stays. Yes. Uh, Willow wants to know if they're certain it's Miss Blisdell. It doesn't have to be. She knows Buffy suspects her, but Giles has been sleeping a lot, right? Sleeping, yet being unfocused. What if they're dealing with a dream demon? A, a dream demon. <laughs> Sorry. Give me a minute to be like, what did I say? I, I was just about to, I was just about to correct you from dream demon. <laughs> what if they're dealing <laughs> What if they're dealing with a dream demon? It's worth a shot, right? As Xander enters, he says, it's definitely Miss Blizzdell. She and Snyder were in his office for like two hours. And when he came out, he had a mark. Like one of Willow's magic marks, not like the other kind. Because mm-hmm. ew. ew. She's evil and Giles isn't seeing it because he's blinded by the booty. <laughs> Which is when Giles comes out of his office unhappy. Because <laughs> really, Xander? Really? Willow says she and Oz have been looking into stone demons, but also want to look in what's going on with him. Giles doesn't think there's anything going on with him. He just needs to get home. Rest. Rest. But he's been resting off and on all afternoon and evening. Still, Giles insists that he has to go. Willow and Oz debate following him, but the lights go out. The lights go out and vampires appear. Rachel and her minions, Gunther and Jocelyn, confront Giles in the hallway. So they're there to kill him? Oh no. Their master has found someone else to do that. Willow and Oz come to help, but Rachel sicks her minions on them. Kill the girl and keep the boy. If they can. They'll wait until next month and harvest his pelt. They fight, but it doesn't go our hero's ways. Especially not once Greyhoon shows up. As Willow screams and Giles is carried off, he manages to stay conscious just long enough to see Pike and Buffy arrive on the scene. We do eventually check in on Angel, <laughs> who is wandering the mean streets of Sunnydale and reflecting on spring. Oh yeah, this whole this whole section. I was just like, what the fuck, Angel? He is being he is being so eighteenth century brooding oh yeah love interest in this scene like the whole yeah reflecting on spring and how in winter humans stay inside and yeah i don't know what's going on here (laughs) he says that humans prefer spring over all the other seasons and that they somehow subconsciously think spring dries the demons away i hate to tell angel but most people i know prefer fall Oh, yeah. <laughs> but okay. Plus, I like fall and winter are my seasons because, first of all, that's where there's less allergies. And second of all, there's less bugs. As he is trying to give Buffy and Pike some space, he decides he'll help out by stalking the vampires. And to do that, he needs to hang out with the vampire's prey, a.k.a. humans. As he's hanging about, he sees Cordelia walking arm in arm with someone that is definitely not Cordelia's type. (laughs) That, mixed with the fact that she didn't acknowledge Angel in any capacity, leads Angel to believe she's in trouble. And he's right. Because no sooner does Cordelia's date steer her down an alley than he hears screaming. Immediately (laughs) he's on it, finding Cordelia and her date being attacked by a vampire. He dispenses of the vampire easily and grabs the date who is trying to run away. The hell is going on? (laughs) Because Cordy, she is completely out of it. Barely responsive. The date, whose name is Henry, says he just found her like that. Honest, walking around all spacey and she's Cordelia Chase. So (laughs) after basically tearing him a new one and saying he better never see him within 100 feet of Cordelia ever again, Angel lets the guy go. And the guy's like, I have classes with her. (laughs) 
Yeah, Angel's like, not my problem. Not my problem. You gotta yeah. go get your schedule changed. I do like how Angel was sticking up for Cordelia. Oh, yeah. He moves to Cordy, trying to get her to respond to confirm she knows who he is and to find out what the last thing she truly remembers is. Turns out it's being in the hallway at school. Figuring out this may have something to do with the teacher Buffy was so worried about since Cordelia had been spying on her for Xander when everything went down, Angel takes her with him. Because while he originally thought Cordy was under some kind of enchantment, the reality is so much worse. (laughs) So it turns out that during the whole fight in the hallway, Willow and Oz barricade themselves not just in the library, but in the (laughs) bookcage. Seeing as how it's the best way to avoid, you know, getting killed. And it works, because despite the efforts of two redheaded twin vampires to get to them, they don't really manage to tear the cage off the wall, which makes Gunther sad because he really, really wanted to eat Willow. Poor Gunther. And he says he'll do so later. <laughs> which that that whole exchange just like reminded me of Blue at the beginning of Jurassic World. Yeah. <laughs> she's like staring at the little handler through the cage and yeah, is like, yeah. I will eat you later. And yeah. you're just like, okay. <laughs> As the vampires depart the library, mostly because Oz and Willow also remembered that being in the bookcage meant they had supplies like holy water and crossbows, Willow says they need to get to Buffy. And so she unlocks the cage and they run out. To where Buffy and Pike are doing battle with vampires and Greyhound. Greyhound mostly focused on Pike and vowing to make him pay. There's a great bit of fight choreography to this scene. Buffy using a locker door as both a shield to prevent (laughs) Greyhound from touching her and a weapon to decapitate vampires. Way to go, Buffy. I know, very resourceful. Eventually, she sees an opening to go after Giles, and she and Willow do so, but it's too late. He's gone. When they return to Oz and Pike, they find that Greyhound is also gone, which Buffy doesn't get. He just upped and left. Pike says he probably didn't see a reason to say, as he got Pike. Her part of Pike's arm is currently stone, stone and spreading. Going back to Xander, we finally get to learn where the bad side of town is. Oh, finally. It's mostly on Catalina Road, which apparently in the 70s had been something, but now is just run down. Even more so than the part of town Xander lives in. I do find it interesting that Xander mentions how every few years his dad makes sure the house gets painted and repaired and how his parents make sure to keep the lawn neat. It's like they're trying to keep their problems, their dysfunctions, private, quiet. His dad may not have a job, but they're going to damn well make it sure it doesn't look that way. I definitely resonated with that like you don't want people to know about your problem and that also makes me even more pissed off about cordelia that's literally my next sentence is that makes what cordelia has done all the more dickish yep yeah like you know this family has problems but they're trying to keep the problems in the family like they they don't want to be judged like they know they're going to be judged but they don't want it to be shown so yeah it makes what cordelia does by and and he trusted her with this information (sighs) anyway he heads for miss bladell's house and starts looking through windows something he does say does not give him the same sort of thrill it did at 13 see he will eventually evolve out of the stupid teenage boy phase He watches her for a while and then, ah, she's there at the window staring back at him. (laughs) She assumes he has a school-related question? That's why he hunted her down? Yes. Yes, it is. Well, then he better come inside. Xander! Xander! Xander, you know better! (sighs) Xander. Or you should. Yeah, we're we're just going to blame the fact that she's putting off some heavy-duty stuff that's drawing him. 
Yeah, she's 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 probably got the pheromone thing yeah, going on. This is why this is why like you know you would think that that Xander would know better, but we really should have put somebody else on Miss yeah. Blaisdell duty. She got guess- Giles. She got she got Giles. She got Giles. If she could get Giles, don't you think she could get Xander? People don't think. Back at school, Pike is running out of time. His body is slowly turning to stone, creeping along his entire left side. Whatever's going on, it's enough that it's already knocked him unconscious, and so Buffy and Oz are carrying him to the library, laying him on the table. She asks Willow if she can do anything to stop it, and while she's not sure she can stop it completely, she is sure she can slow it way, way down. Buy them some time. She just needs a few things from the science lab in Giles' office, which, what about Giles? The vampires came for him twice now. If they wanted him dead, he would be. So whatever is going on with him, he has some time. Pike doesn't. Willow and Oz go to collect the supplies and Buffy stays with Pike. Brushing hair out of his face, laying a gentle kiss to him, wondering why Greyhoon chose to make this slow rather than immediate like it was with the cops. In the middle of this, Angel enters dragging Cordelia. He thinks he might have an explanation, or at least part of one. Oh... Before he can really explain, Willow and Oz return and Willow gets to work. When she asks about Cordelia, Buffy says she's her next patient, which leads to Oz calling Willow a witch doctor. And that's just, it's all sorts of adorable. Yeah. But while everyone is cracking jokes about the tamer, quieter Cordy, Angel assures them it's eerie after a few moments and bad. She's been memorized by a glamour, kind of like a succubi. They take over the minds of their victims, feeding off their passions. It explains Cordy. And Giles' weird behavior. Okay, but what does Miss Blizdell and her being a glamour have to do with the vamps that have been after Giles? And why is Greyhoon working with them? She needs to investigate more. As Willow slows the spread of Greyhoon's infection, she says this should give her time to work on a reversal and see what she can do about Cordelia. Great, but first Buffy needs her to find out Miss Blizdell's address. Oh, she already did. For Xander. Earlier, when he went to spy on her. Xander! Telling Willow and Oz to keep working, Buffy takes Angel and heads out. Poor Giles, as he comes to in the van, he has a massive headache and none of the vampires are being too gentle. In fact, when he manages to mumble off that it hurts, they proceed to kick him, rip their claws over him, do anything they can to hurt him, but not threaten his life. Stop being mean to Giles. He's having a really hard day. They then throw him in a room with some dead bodies. Bodies that may truly be dead or may rise again. My, my, uh, my money was always on the ladder. Yeah. Going to Miss Bladell's and apparently borrowing Oz's van to do it. Buffy and Angel find no sign of Xander or any activity whatsoever. Even when they break in, all they find is an ultra clean kitchen. One that looks like it's never been used. Not exactly what they thought they'd find, but okay. Buffy's still not convinced they're alone though. And as they make their way through the darkened house, she's proven right. An attacker launching themselves at her from the dark. At first, she can't identify them, but as a car passes by and Buffy catches their face, she sees that it's Xander right before he shoves her down the steps. Once again, the fate of everything is resting on Willow. That poor girl, putting so much pressure on that poor girl. And like with Angel's curse, she's not handling it the best. (laughs) In fact, she's freaking out a little because yeah, she could save Pike, but she could also potentially accidentally kill him. And she doesn't want that pressure. That decision. Oz asks if it's really a decision. Because doing something and having it go wrong is still better than doing nothing. Than not even trying. And Willow knows that. She does. Which is why she puts on her resolved face <laughs> and gets to work. Yeah, see, I always I always like that. Because, yeah, she's worried about killing him. But she'll either kill him 
or he'll die slowly, yeah, painfully anyway. So might as well try. Work that allows her to finally use the restricted books. Transmutation, <laughs> a simple magic, if done correctly, but highly dangerous. She mixes up the potion, says the words, and pours it over Pike's body. At first, it seems her worst fears have been realized, the stone quickly spreading across his body. But then Oz notices he's breathing. He's breathing, and his doing so is cracking the stone. Pike comes to himself again, and after thanking Willow profusely, asks, where's Buffy? Trying to get Angel not to hurt Xander. (laughs) Something that Angel seems a little insulted, she has to say. (laughs) They manage to contain him and Buffy goes in search of the glamour, finding her in the master bedroom. She tries to seduce Buffy as she does the others, but Buffy says she's the slayer. Doesn't work on her. Which I'm not entirely sure that's true given the events of Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered. And him? We'll give this one to Buffy. Yeah, yeah. The glamour doesn't want to hurt her. Doesn't even really want to fight. She will, because self-defense. But she's a hired hand. She has no stake in this. Whatever Buffy wants, she's got it. And the glamour will just go to some other school far, far away to teach. Buffy wants them released. Xander, Cordy, Giles, Snyder, anyone she's worked her mojo on, she wants them released. And she wants to know where Giles is. The first the glamour can do. She instantly releases Xander and says the others are free as well. Xander confirms it by attempting to apologize to Buffy for attacking her. The second, the glamour doesn't know. She never even saw the vampire that hired her. He wore a hood. Believing she doesn't know, but not trusting her to have fulfilled her word, Buffy says to lock her in the basement. If they find Giles and get to Giles before whoever it is wants to kill him, she'll come back and release her, provided the glamour truly leaves town and goes far, far away. Or else she might just learn why they call Buffy the Slayer. Giles is still with the vampires. His mind is once again his, but he's in no hurry in sharing that information with the others as he's taken to join their master. Giles finds himself (sighs) staring at the face of his father. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, another place where Mary and I, where I messaged Mary screaming. Now freed from the glamour's hold, Cordelia is telling Pike all about her pressing (laughs) ordeal. Terrible it was to think that Snyder might have been having intimate relations with someone. Someone as cool as she thought Miss Bladell's was before she saw her true face. It allows for a moment of cool guy solidarity between Oz and Pike. Oz nodding to him in a that's Cordelia sort of way. And Pike admits Cordelia is a mystery. She seems to hate them all. Hate being there and yet she remains. Realizing that Pike is no longer listening to her, she does her hello thing and Pike admits he's just worried about Buffy. This whole section was so perfect. Like it is the perfect Cordelia. Everything and poor Pike and Oz being forced to listen to this. But then I like Pike the outsider reflecting on the fact that what is Cordelia doing here if she says she hates them all? Buffy, he should be worried about him because here they are. He was turned to stone and she was mind whammied. And where's Buffy off dicking around with Angel? Yep, Cordelia drops the hammer about Buffy and Angel being something more than friends. Of course. Good job, Gordy. Pike can't take this anymore. Not Cordelia, though he is reaching his limit with her. But he can't (laughs) just sit around. He's leaving, going to find Buffy. Cordelia is also leaving. Which brings the return of Scary Willow, who tells them that no... No one is leaving. Not yet. But if no one returns soon, then Cordy will drive Pike to Miss Bladell's to look for Buffy. What? Why her? Because she said so. And also because Angel took Oz's fan. It never comes to that, though, as Buffy and Angel return with Xander in tow. 
Seeing Pike, Buffy goes to him, hugging him, and they get down to business. I Pike. love when when Willow gets to put on her stern mm-hmm. teacher voice. I love it so much. With Pike okay and the glamour momentarily incarcerated in her basement, it's time to find where the vamps took Giles. Pike has some interesting thoughts in this scene, especially after Angel attempts to crack a joke. Because he's seen how they all adapted to this, how Buffy's life, her calling, doesn't seem to phase them. In fact, they almost seem to thrive on it. And the way they joke, you would think it would all be gallows humor, but it's not. Pike, he's just not like that. But he wonders if he was... But things between him and Buffy have worked out differently. Handing on assignments, the gang splits up. There is an extreme moment of awkward where in putting together teams, it looks like Buffy, <laughs> Angel, and Pike are going to have to all go together. But then Angel makes himself his own team, uncomplicating things. That Yeah, yeah, Angel can be by himself. Cordelia also gets drafted into helping, and though she complains, she goes, because it's Giles, and everybody loves Giles. As they head out, Pike apologizes again for bringing all this upon Buffy's doorstep. He didn't mean for things to get this complicated. Buffy promises the complications have nothing to do with him or very little to do with him. Whatever vamp hired the stone demon to also come after Giles, that was outside of him. So then he doesn't make her life complicated. She didn't say that. She's glad he's okay though. And as they're about to hop on his bike, she kisses him. Not a short chaste kiss like she planned, but a passionate one. (laughs) This book is a horrid tease. This, I know, seriously. Giles is, Giles is not having a good time. No. Not at all. The revelation that his father was the one behind all this, that his father's body was now occupied by a demon, it's left him numb, unable to care about the pain the vampires keep inflicting upon him, or the fact that Miss Blesdell was a glamour. He no longer even cares about his own death. All he cares about is ending it, because it sounds like his father has plans to stick around Sunnydale, and he will not put the burden of facing him onto Buffy. Oh, no. If anyone is going to destroy the vampire that was once his father, it's going to be him. We learn a little bit more about Giles here, or rather have some things confirmed. That his father was a strong traditionalist, that he had high expectations of Giles, and that even after Giles agreed to the responsibilities of the council, there was still a distance between them. He regrets that, regrets that he and his father never got one final conversation, because he wasn't there when his father died. He went to the funeral, but he wasn't there when he actually passed. And for a moment... Because he was at the funeral, he tells himself that this can't be possible. He saw him buried. But Giles knows better than most that sometimes the dead rise. And of course, his numbness is helping with the charade that he is still under Miss Bledel's spell, which makes this no fun for his father. As he departs to feed on his dinner, he says tomorrow they'll get Giles' his mind back. And then the fun will begin. By the time Buffy and Pike get back to Buffy's, it's near midnight. Buffy is out of her mind with worry, but Pike assures her they'll find Giles the next day. As they go to head inside, Buffy realizes her mom put the chain on. She never puts the chain on. Probably because Joyce also doesn't normally have a man inside. She does. As Buffy pounds on the door, Joyce answers, and a moment later, Alan appears, bidding Joyce goodnight. Turns out he bikes, too. Buffy's not impressed, and Pike, sensing the tension, says he's going to bed. (laughs) Joyce doesn't get it. Why is Buffy being so hostile? Is it her dad? Things clearly didn't work out with him. And given her last birthday, she can probably see why. So yes, confirmation that this is indeed definitely post-helpless. Yep, yep. And since there is no Wesley, it is obviously before Bad Girls. Though it is weird that there is no mention of Faith at all. Yeah. Like, not even a throwaway line. Yeah, that's, that's why at times I was like... The way it's written sometimes, it seems like it is like 
a different alternate path for the series. But then when Faith is missing in the show, except for Helpless, we never mention it either. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, I would think that with like the brutal vampire attacks, there would have been a like, I wish Faith would hurry up and get her ass back here. But you know, when people were being dragged out of their homes and burned out of stake, no one thought to mention Faith either. So yeah, yeah. so it's it's just because really the books, the books aren't really considered canon anyway. I will argue that with this one just because, and we'll talk about at the end, because Christopher Golden had to rewrite this book based on the creator's request. Okay. So the creator definitely was like, no, this is this thing. And so I'm like, hmm, that makes me think this is a little bit more canonical than some of them. Yeah. Anyway, Joyce says (laughs) she's not giving up on finding someone who she wants to be with, who wants to be with her. Giles is dating again, and despite all of her complaints that being a slayer leads to a lack of social life, she currently has a boy sleeping on the couch. Buffy makes some snotty comment, as teenagers do, about how at least Pike is on the couch. And Joyce essentially tells her to grow the fuck up. <laughs> good good job, Joyce. I, <laughs> it's funny here because I, now that I'm like at 40 years old, like whenever my mom tells me that she has a new person that she is seeing. Like, the only thing I'll say to her is don't get married and don't move in. Yeah. And like, it's it's just like, I'm laughing at jo- like at Joyce, the way that she's putting Buffy in her place for the whole thing. But then I'm also laughing at having been in the position of watching mom try to date. Did your mom? Nope, never. Never? Never. Wow. Yeah, no, my my mom needs somebody. <sighs> my mom just, I don't, I don't know if it's just she had no interest or she was like, I have two kids and like, yeah, no time. But no, it never, it was never important to her. Yeah, that's, 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 see, that's interesting. Yeah, that's like, I always, I always tell my mom, like, you know, I know you like the companionship, but that doesn't mean that you actually have to get married again. <laughs> <laughs> Heading off to bed, Buffy wishes her life would just go back to normal. Her normal, not other people normal. It sounds like where Giles is being held might be the labs where Moloch was, which is a weird place for vampires to hole up, but whatever. Outside the room where he's being held, Gunther stands guard, pissed that he can't eat Giles. Gunther just wants to eat everyone. I love Gunther. I I am not going to lie. I love Gunther. He is my favorite of this. Yeah. Of this group. R.I.P. Gunther, though, because he hears a noise from inside, goes to investigate and, well, gets staked. I was I was definitely sad that Gunther Gunther got it. I, I wish he would have just run off and met up with Joe and been like, look, where can I eat? This is too much work. Because, you know, Jazz is a badass and escaped his bonds. It seems for once Buffy's dreams are pleasant, if not sad. Because awaking to a perfect Southern California day despite the missing watcher and doom and gloom, she reflects on her dream from the night before, one where she was old and in love with someone who would stay. Getting dressed, in clothes clearly meant for ass kicking, she heads downstairs, Pike's still asleep, but her mom's in the kitchen having made breakfast. Buffy wants to apologize for the night before, but first, first she has to talk to her mom about Pike and Angel and her feelings for both. Her mom, in a bit of brutal honesty, (laughs) reminds her that there's no future with Angel. And Buffy knows that. But she also knows that there's technically no future at all because Slayers, their time is limited. Joyce then apologizes, beating Buffy to it. She didn't mean what she said. And Buffy says she was right. 
Pike joins them and Buffy slides over her breakfast. She's heading to school to check out the library, but when she returns, they're hunting down Giles. Understand? He nods and she heads out. She's not sure his morning Neanderthal routine is what one wants in a long-term partner. Yeah, but at least he'd be up in the morning. (laughs) Just saying. Yeah, yeah. Buffy heads to school, but makes a pit stop along the way going to see Angel. A selfish move, she knows, but they need to talk. Though she almost loses her nerve once there, ready to turn around and go until Angel asks what she's doing there. It hurts he has to ask, and Angel realizes his mistake. So he asks about Giles, promising to get back on the hunt and check things out in the underground. Then he asks about Pike, and does Buffy love him? Not like she loves Angel. That's not what he asked. (laughs) From there, the conversation delves into a lot of feelings and the same kind of sentiments we've heard over and over. Yeah, yeah. So many, yeah, so many declarations of love. And yeah, I kind of skipped some of this just because we've heard it before. Yeah, they can't be together. They love each other. Their love is almost physically painful. At one point, Angel suggests that maybe what Buffy needs is someone, not him or Pike. Someone who hasn't been touched by the darkness. Who knows nothing about it? Buffy says no. Besides, how fair would that be? To get in a relationship with this guy and then die on him? Because a normal person is never going to truly understand what they're signing up for. Yeah, look what happened. Look what happened with Kate and Stuart. Yeah, see? Oh. that's okay see that's That's what happens that's what happens when you get together with someone who doesn't know about your secret life this is true it makes it makes things more complicated but angel pike they know and maybe that's why pike keeps leaving because he knows one day the darkness might win and he doesn't want to have to watch it happen angel reminds buffy that he knows and he stays which what a little bitch i know Buffy doesn't know which hurts more. Eventually, she does make it to school and the library. She finds the whole gang in there, even Cordelia, but is jarred by their almost relaxed nature. How could they be acting so casual? Xander asking if she and Pike made with the morning smoochies, attempting to live vicariously through her. Oz getting ready to make a snack run. How are they okay when Giles is still... Giles emerges from his office and then and Buffy is just in shock, huh? He says he may have found a way to rid Pike of his demon problem. And still, Buffy just stares. Where was he? How did he get away? About Miss Blaisdell, Giles assures them all that he is fine, and he doesn't want to talk about Miss Blaisdell. They understand. Then he heads back into his office and shuts the door. Okay. Giles is still being weird. Well, clearly himself again. He's still acting weird. Why? Does it have to do with the vampires? Xander thinks Buffy's overreacting to Tad. Giles is back and he's Giles again. They're funky party weasel. (laughs) Yeah, Buffy's not convinced. She's going back to the house to get Pike. They'll check in after school. The rest of them, she wants to check in with Giles between classes. Then, going to the bookcase, she grabs a wicked looking hammer. Giles doesn't want to tell. Maybe Greyhoon will, right before she smashes him. (laughs) Heading back to her house, Buffy finds Pike on the couch watching Cartoon Network. He asks what's up and says she was gone a little long. And she says she was talking with Giles, but she probably knows since Giles called her mom. He does, and that's a good thing, yes? Giles' return? Did they figure out how to get rid of Greyhoon? Not yet, but he's working on it. In the meantime, Buffy thought they might do some hunting while it's daylight and he's without his buddies. Do they even know Greyhoon is still around? After all, he thinks Pike is dead. That may be, but Buffy doesn't see him going anywhere, especially not with the vampires having offered him gainful employment. She's sure he can guess how the demon job market is. 
<laughs> and with Greyhound staying, well, sooner or later, he's going to realize that Pike is still living. And Buffy braces herself, braces for Pike to say that he's leaving town, but he doesn't. He simply agrees they should make with the hunting. Good. Because even if Giles doesn't know what to do yet, Buffy isn't without ideas. Oh? As they head outside to Pike's bike, Buffy pulls out the Warhammer. Let's check out the Mighty Thor! <laughs> Pike likes it. It's primitive. Yeah, well, sometimes primitive gets the job done. Pike goes to kiss her again and Buffy stiffens. They have a job to do. Whatever was about to be in that kiss can wait. The hunt is a bust, though, mostly because they have no clue of even a place to guess that Greyhound may be hiding. So at the end of the school, so as the end of the school day draws near, they simply head back to campus. Where Giles is still being weird. Helpful, but weird. <sighs> Turns out their stone demon can reform, so if they get him into pieces, they need to lock his hands and head in a locked box. After that, he should be harmless. Great, they'll get right on that as soon as they figure out where to find him. Now about those vampires. Once again, Giles doesn't want to talk about it. Their concentration needs to remain on the stone demon and the issue at hand. And with that, he's back in his office. Giles, Giles, you know better. You know better. This this is not going to go the way you wanted to. Buffy doesn't like this. Not at all. And if the vampires learn Giles escaped, because surely he didn't stake them all, they agree to perform a stakeout that night. All of them, even Cordelia, though she is running to the mall for some new shoes first. While they wait for darkness to fall, Pike and Buffy head to the espresso pump for mochas and to talk. For two hours, they talk about their lives then, their lives now. It's nice and what they needed. But before too long, the sun is set. It's go time. So back to the school they had, parking across the street, with Oz's van and Cordy's car. As they all meet up, ready to stand watch, Buffy tells Cordelia, nice shoes. Inside, Daz has been poring over his father's journals, looking for some clue as to how this happened, and reminding himself that when push comes to shove, this will all be on him. He's the one that needs to stake him, no one else. Though, speaking of his father, he appears. Does Giles always work so late? Giles tenses and his father tells him to relax. If he was going to kill him, he would have done so. So then he let Giles escape last night? No, no, that was an unexpected surprise. <laughs> but it showed that he raised him, right? And he admits having the vampire snatch him was dramatic. But he wanted Giles to know who had been toying with his life. Actually, Giles is glad he's there, as it gives him a chance to try and attack him. Doesn't go well, though, and his father puts him on his ass. Oh, well, Giles starts to go back to his office. What is he doing? Well, if he's not going to kill him, and he just said he wasn't, <laughs> He's going back to his research. I just like, I love Giles. Is like, I'm done with this. If you're not going to kill me, I have work to do. Yeah, I don't, I, I, we're not doing this. Fine, fine. Do as he wishes. But no, he is just getting started. Which somehow I'm going to guess coincides with the noise the group is hearing outside. Noises that they hope are gremlins. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Not, not gremlins. gremlins. It's vampires. And what happens next is pretty much chaos. As a literal army of vampires descends upon the group and forces them to separate in such a way that they could potentially easily pick them off. Thankfully, Angel was nearby, having finished up his part of the search, a part that apparently involved hitting a few people. <laughs> which, according to Angel, was the least he could do because he owes Giles more than he could ever make up for. Damn straight. Whew. But yes, chaos. 
a long, intense fight scene that ends with Greyhoon dismantled and Willow, Xander, and Pike all taken by the vampires, which was Giles' father's plan to take and destroy the family Giles built for himself, the children he loves as his own. I love that. I know, I know. When when even other people admit that Giles is basically dad. Yeah, his dad, these are his children, his ducklings. I just, oh, I, I know. that and, so and, much. And as much as as much as helpless is a shitty ass time for everybody, you know, Travers admitting that he loves Buffy as a father and yeah, the whole acknowledgement of how the relationship between Giles and these children has gone. It's I love it. We do get a few interesting tidbits during the sequence. Oz wishing his werewolf powers were more useful, that he could use them to fight alongside his friends. Both Pike and Angel feeling like they have to help slash protect the other for Buffy's sake. Willow having another do you kiss your mother with that mouth moment. As (laughs) Oz hears her say a word he's never heard her use before. (laughs) Buffy realizing when she sees him in danger that it's Angel she loves. And Xander and Cordelia up a tree, which may be my favorite bit. Yes. (laughs) Cordelia forgetting vampires can climb. (laughs) Xander kicking at the vampires below. Talk of Robin Hood and the pencil Xander borrowed in fourth grade. The vampire saying Cordelia's too annoying to kidnap. Like I could that that was a scene straight out of an episode. And and Cordelia remembering the pencil that he stole like, oh, that was my favorite pencil. (laughs) Yeah, this whole scene I could see happening. The vampires depart, including Giles's dad, taking along their hostages. As this has now affected everyone, Buffy decides time's up on Giles's whole I've got a secret gig and runs for the library. All while Giles is running through the corridor, chasing after his father or possibly trying to reach the kids. Either way, as he gets outside, he sees Buffy, Oz, Cordelia, and Angel carrying the box with Greyhoon's head and hands in it, coming across the front lawn. They're all right. They're alive. Buffy's voice is cold. She's beyond tired of this. They took them. Whoever is screwing with Giles's life took them. Giles knows, and he will get him back. This is his thing. As Angel goes to bury the pieces behind the school's fence... I- why not? How much shit have we buried behind the school fence? I now need to know. I know. <sighs> the rest follow Giles to the library. Cordelia is so ready to call Giles on his crap and says they should be looking for Xander and Willow. Again, Giles tries to argue that this is all very complicated and personal. Yeah, Buffy doesn't care. She doesn't know if this is a ripper thing, him reverting to rebellious Giles, but rebels often end up alone. He taught her that. And he's not alone because look around. They're here. They care. He cares too. And he tells them that's why the others were taken because he cares about them, sees them as family. He wants to hurt them, make him suffer. Who? His father. He's a vampire. As Giles retreats to his office, the others take a moment to process that. Did anyone know Giles' dad was a vampire? (laughs) Angel says it sounds like Giles himself didn't know. Damn. Buffy heads for his office and Angel tells her he knows where the others might be. Good. Inside his office, Giles is staring at a framed photo. A very posh looking couple with a rebellious looking teen. Buffy says she's never seen that before. Giles says it's because he usually keeps it in his desk. They don't look very happy, do they? He tells Buffy about his dad about the type of man he was, the expectations he had, the fact he put the council in its mission above all else, how his mother never wanted to get between them. He tells her it wasn't so much the council or its mission that bothered him, but the fact he had this pre-written destiny. 
decided by his father. Buffy guesses they're a bit alike in that way. She even had her own little rebellion, but she came back. So did he. Buffy says it's not destiny or their parents who make them who they are. It's their relationships. She's learned things from her mom, but also her friends and him. So how about they go get their friends? Angel thinks he knows where they are. Giles definitely knows where they are. (laughs) Does she really think he would escape and not know? (laughs) Just one thing. The demon currently inhabiting his father's corpse. It's his. No one else's. Coming to in the van, Willow finds Xander and Pike playing, how are we going to die? (laughs) Well, Xander's playing. Pike is tolerating. Xander asks if she knows a spell to get them out of there. And no, not really. She could float pencils and make fire. And while fire would definitely take the vamps out, it would probably also take them Mm -hmm. out as well. So better not. Remember, she set her bed on fire. Yeah, (laughs) but it's fine. Buffy and the others will come for them, provided she's not in a second truck following theirs or no, no, Willow will accept no or. Buffy is fine and will be coming. They arrive at the labs, which Willow does confirm mm-hmm. are the same ones Smallwalk used, something that makes her feel a bit sick to her stomach. As they're dragged out of the truck, a limo arrives. The same limo Pike says they saw outside Giles's place. Noticing Giles's dad get out, they wonder who the butler is. Malthus. But they may call him Mr. Giles. <laughs> he greets them, calling them friends of the Slayer, children of the Watcher. He wants them kept safe, alive, until the Slayer and Giles arrive. Willow says he's nothing like Giles, and he supposes he's not. Family ties are such a funny thing. Family? He has no family. Pike tells him he's nothing more than a virus. Well then, perhaps he was mistaken with his first set of orders. Maybe an experiment should be used to pass the time. And if they survive, well, they will have eternal life. No one really likes the sound of this experiment. No. And with good reason, because it involves locking them in a conference room with newborn vampires. There's a bit of debate about who's going to go along on the rescue mission, (laughs) Buffy originally wanting Oz and Cordelia to stay behind. After all, what good is getting Willow and Xander back if they lose them? Oz isn't having it. They have Willow. So he's going. You know what? One of the things that I liked about when Giles was telling his story, talking about his dad and everything, he was reverting to a harsher accent uh, like his, i loved it like his, all the brits speak like and his like the the poshness slipped out like like it left it completely left so he sounded more like he did when he was ripper yeah so like i love and i love that they even comment on that about how he sounds different and he's just kind of sheepish about how harsher his language gets when he talks about that Cordelia's going to. Not that she cares. She just knows if anything happens to Xander and she was the last with him, she'll never hear the end of it. Fine. Everyone is going. (laughs) But the key to this mission is hard and fast. So they travel only with what they can carry. And once the others are safe, they trash the place. Set it ablaze if possible. Oh, and Giles gets the final kill. Understood? Inside the conference room, their friends are anything but safe. The three of them battling newborn vamps. Coming in with an assist, Pike saves Willow, and then the two of them go to help Xander. The sounds worry Rachel. Aren't they supposed to keep them alive? Jocelyn says it doesn't matter. The Slayer will come either way. She doesn't know if they still breathe or not. And besides, if they do die, they'll just make sure they're turned. Still, Rachel would feel better if they knew the Master was okay with it. Fine, fine. Jocelyn will go check. So Jocelyn only has one eye. I don't know if we mentioned that, but it is mentioned a couple of times. Yeah. But in Rachel's wondering about everything and her hesitant to upset the master, she does say that though Jocelyn is older than the master, he best her at combat and took her eye eating it, which just 
Ooh, there, there's so much in this book that's just like you could not get away with it on no on television in the 90s. No. The gang arrives at the labs and Angel scopes out the perimeter. One vamp on each side. So either their numbers aren't as limitless as they thought, or they put a major hurt on them earlier. Either way is okay with Buffy. Giles takes out the vamp they're currently looking at with an impressive long-range crossbow shot. Something Cordy thought he'd miss. But Buffy had faith. He's been trained his whole life. Trophies and everything. Then they split up. Giles and Oz, Angel and Cordy, and Buffy. They'll rendezvous inside. I love that Oz's weapon of choice is a super soaker filled with holy water. I know. I know. That takes me, again, that takes me back to... Yeah. That takes takes me back to to Julie's books. Yeah. I also love that Buffy and Angel take this as a completely inappropriate time to talk about their relationship. Of course they do. And Buffy now knows it's Angel, which Angel is kind of a dick about. All the like, well, I'm glad you were able to have this experience. Shut the fuck up. There were some parts of Angel's characterization in this book. Like, it almost felt some, like, we got to a point with Angel where he was tolerable. Where Uh he was like, okay, you know, we know, like, yeah, there was some, like, as much as I love this book, some of Angel's characterization in this book just takes me back to really hating him. (laughs) Meanwhile, the noise in the conference room stops and Rachel begins to get worried. If they're dead, she's totally throwing Jocelyn under the bus. Especially since she isn't back yet. She decides she better check if for no other reason than she can tell the master what happened herself. Heading inside, she sees Xander dead and a pair of legs she assumes belongs to Willow. Going to make sure Xander is not too far gone to be turned, she realizes far too late that she didn't account for Pike. Pike who pushes a table into her before coming in with the stake. Goodbye, Rachel. <laughs> the group does meet up inside where for a brief moment all is quiet. Then the lights go out and the vamps attack. Oz begins <laughs> spraying away and the others leap into battle. Eventually, Giles comes up against his father who taunts him. Says demon or no... He is still his father. He remembers everything. Holding him when he was born, when he got upset over friends who couldn't make it to birthday parties. Everything. And if Giles was half the watcher he had been, he'd be dead already. Giles does gets him up the wall, goes in for the kill, and then nothing. No cloud of ash. Instead, his father's faith morphs to Buffy's, to his grand's, to his, and then to another. A face that Giles also recognizes. Having made it out of the conference room, Xander and Pike are arguing over the best way to get out of there. Xander says, elevator, because elevator. (laughs) They can ambush any vamps waiting, go out swinging. And Pike says, stairs, because anyone can see where the elevator is. And that's not a surprise. Willow, Willow just wants to jump out the window. (laughs) (laughs) She's tired of this. And, you know, that's the guaranteed fastest way. You know what? And also, if two boys were arguing... That would also be my suggestion. Like, let's just go out the window. Or you know what? I would just start moving. Pike says he's not like Willow and Xander. He doesn't want this life. He just wants to live. So if they're truly trying to escape them his way, the guy who just wants to save his bacon (laughs) is the way to go. Right. Stairs it is. Arriving back on the floor, the master having told her that, yes, she could eat and turn the Slayer's friends. Jocelyn notices the quiet, and she knows all too well what it means. Calling for backup, she heads towards the stairs. Which leads to a bit of a chase. Vampires coming from above and below. The guys take some out with makeshift states, and then Willow. Willow manages to float something bigger than a pencil as she sends a broken chair leg right into Jocelyn with a bit of that primal scream. Good, good going, Willow. 
Down in the lobby, Giles is still facing Malthus, which it turns out is the demon's name. He's a big nasty, a shapeshifter, and it turns out Giles' Gran hurt him real bad. Way to go, Gran. The only human to do so. Using a spell, she trapped him in the form of a withered crone for years. Fifteen years, to be exact. He's still clearly bitter. And it's implied he killed Giles' gran and dad? Because it does say he made them both pay. Yeah. And he had access to Giles' dad's personal journals, which is how he knew so much about Giles. Yeah. And why he believed that Giles' dad would have tormented him so. As they fight, he keeps changing forms to Buffy and the others. Buffy watches this as the cavalry, Willow, Xander, and Pike, make it to the lobby. She sends them to help the others, and she goes to help Giles. Who has put the hurt on Malthus? Bashing his face in, breaking his teeth and antlers. Malthus declares that this will be the last time a Giles ever hurts him. And Giles says, he's right. Right before Buffy cuts off his head. At least now it's over. And Giles knows that bloody bastard or not, his father continues to rest in peace. We end this novel with a small series of goodbyes. Buffy seeing Giles off at the airport. He's going home temporarily to sort some things, put some little feelings to rest. But as we know, he'll be back. Doesn't keep Buffy from being sad, though. Luckily, the others are there to cheer her up on the ride back. As she watches Willow and Oz, she wonders if they know how lucky they are. Because, yeah, neither of them are normal, but they can still have a life together. Something Buffy just dreams about. At home, she finds her mom looking a little sad. Seems she said goodbye to Alan after he decided to comment on Joyce's parenting and how late Buffy was out. Did you also think that Alan was going to be a thing? No. See, I did. Like, I you didn't see enough of him. Yeah. Well, I, I for a while I was because there was there was a part where Joyce was waxing about being with him and and just like how she lost track of time. And there, so there was like, there was like a moment where I'm like, like I figured that Karen was going to be a succubus. So I'm like, is this an incubus succubus thing coming into town? Like Joyce is also being targeted. Yeah. Like I definitely thought until they said my thing about the glamour, like I definitely thought Karen was a succubus. Like I thought that's where that was going. But I thought, I thought Alan was going to be, was going to be something too. I'm glad he wasn't because I'm glad he was the, dickish human yeah i mean he's still yeah he's still an asshole but like at least he's a human asshole yeah those are easier to get rid of buffy says she's sorry and joy says don't be he clearly wasn't a person they needed in their lives and then there's pike packing up joyce gives them a moment and buffy walks with him out to his bike as they stand there she traces his scar they both knew it would come to this his leaving but he reminds her he'll always come back yeah he'll always come back until he doesn't. Stop. I can't. I can't. This whole, this whole scene, it reminds me of the last time that Han and Leia saw each other. I know. And I started to get really upset. Yeah. I just, I, I need, I just, I love their dynamics so much and I just need more I know, of them. I know. I, they, yeah. Yeah. No, they, they need to be together. They need to have small fighting children. Small demon hunting children? Small demon hunting children. She need, he needs to, he'll, he'll be that. He'll be the supportive husband who holds her flower. Yes, it's fine. It's fine. Yes, because my my favorite dynamic is a fighty girl and the man who holds her flower. Yes. The end. Oh. So an interesting thing about this book 
is the creator originally had a problem with the way Golden had written Pike. Because in Golden's original draft, Pike was all in. He was traveling around, yeah, but he had committed to the demon hunter life. And the creator was like, no, that, that's not who Pike is. Without Buffy, he'd never embrace this full time. He just wants to live out his life, mm-hmm. probably by a beach. And so Golden went back and changed it. So to me, that says that the creator approves of everything that made it into this draft. And so we can consider all these tidbits we learned to be canonical. Yeah. Because he was very like, this is who Pike is. This is how Pike has to be written. This is like, so I, I do think that we can consider this canonical as much as we can consider a lot of the novels canonical, yeah, but like yeah. the creator was very clear about like approving what was in this. Yeah. And I can, I can see that more with Pike not being into this life. <sighs> all right. That's it for this week. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you join us next time when we take on season three, episode 17 enemies. Ooh. We're, we're getting into that we're final getting, stretch. Yeah. We can see, we can see the end is in sight. Until then, check out our various social media channels, all of which will be listed in the show notes. And if you like the show and you want to let us know it, you can subscribe, rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts or write to us directly at thewatchersdiaries at gmail.com. Bye! Bye!